We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank, your partner Impossible. Coming up, the latest episode of the KCSN Draft Show, getting Chiefs Kingdom ready for the 2023 NFL Draft. Hosted right here in Kansas City with the best analysis, interviews, and content you can find to stay up to date and in the know. With that said, let's begin the show. What's going on, Chiefs Kingdom? I'm BJ Kissel. Welcome to this episode of the KCSN Draft Show. We're hanging out with ESPN's Matt Miller on this Monday. I think the episode's going to come out on Tuesday, Matt, but uh, we've done a few of these where we've thrown to interviews that we did uh, out at the East-West Shrine Bowl at the end of January. Got a chance to sit down and talk with these players. I think anybody listening to this uh, remembers we had a chance to sit down and talk to Isaiah Pacheco uh, last year, which ended up being a great thing considering the Chiefs drafted him and got, went on to have you know what, Matt? I'm starting over. That's not very good. All right. Okay. Three, two. <laughs> I don't want to go there right away. All right. Three, two, one. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome to the KCSN Draft Show. I'm BJ Kissel. We're hanging out with ESPN's Matt Miller today. This show and all of our draft content is sponsored and presented by our friends at Miller Lite. Matt, how was the, before we get into the football stuff and we throw to these interviews that we did out at the Shrine Bowl again, uh, how was the weekend? How are things going? Is you're just what ten days away from uh, your Christmas, uh, professionally at least? Yeah, it's it's hectic, BJ. I've already you and Tucker have already heard how weird my brain is operating this morning, so I apologize to everyone in advance. This podcast goes off the rails, but it's good, man. It's uh, this is the time of year I think the anxiety sets in because you don't you, you you don't know what you don't know, right? But you try to collect all the information that you can and. Uh, you try to memorize so much information and then, you know, the draft starts and it's just such a, like the activity happens so fast that it's, it's probably on a much less athletic level. It's like, you know, preparing for a game and, and you just hope that by, you know, Friday, what do coaches always say? The game's one up by Friday, you know, you either have it done or not. So that's where, that's where we're at right now. Just trying to memorize, you know, 60 seconds of details by about 550 players. So it's good, man. We were talking before we recorded. Anybody who follows me on social media saw the picture I put out of my ankle and just a completely embarrassing situation. Uh, but I'm going to have a chance over the next uh, several days to watch a lot of the players and get caught up on the draft, at least for myself personally, since I can't move around too well. Because uh, I put out the public disclaimer for any dads out there that uh, rock any hey dudes 
Uh, not exactly the greatest, phenomenal shoes to wear around. Uh, not great shoes to, I say, play basketball in, uh, but quick. I wasn't playing basketball. I was rebounding for my son who was shooting on the new bowl that we got. And I grabbed the ball and took one shot, Matt. I took one shot. There's nobody playing defense. And I just happened to clip the edge of the driveway, roll the ankle about an hour and a half before we were all going uh, to the black tie event at the kids night out uh, for the boys at raising money and benefiting the boys and girls club of greater Kansas city. So about an hour and a half for that event, rolled the ankle pretty good. I uh, was hobbling around all night with all the guys and um, ended up being a great event. It was fun. But uh, the next day or when I got home, took it off, got a baseball on the side of my foot. So quick disclaimer to any of the dads out there, not necessarily a great idea to shoot baskets or try to do anything athletic in Hey Dudes, although I would still uh, advocate for those shoes just in the right context. Right. Good, like, you know, walking the kids to the car shoes, you know, or yeah, to take the trash out in the morning shoes, or even like, you know, get to have some Miller lights in the backyard shoes, uh, <laughs> yeah. not, not rebounding shoes. Yeah. No, you know, going to the grocery store, you know, that's mainly where I started wearing them, yeah. but, uh, but very comfortable, but yeah. Um, pretty, pretty rough couple of days coming up, but uh, excited about this show. I, I enjoy these because, uh, we get a chance to, to meet some of these players and talk with some of these players, especially as we get close to the draft. I know a lot of people, you know, a few weeks ago, it was a lot of the fir- the top 50 guys that you're getting really familiar with. We have a chance to sit down with a lot of guys who could get drafted on Friday or Saturday and have these sit down interviews. And we're excited to get your thoughts on the three players that we're going to throw to these interviews with, uh, in, uh, Travis Hodges Tomlinson, the cornerback out of TCU that a lot of Big 12 uh, fans are probably familiar with, uh, plays with a lot of energy, oh, yeah. stood out uh, as number one for uh, for TCU. I had a chance as a K-State fan to watch him a couple of different times. Excited to, to get your thoughts on him. And then also Keytrell Clark, another cornerback out of Louisville. And then the tight end out of Michigan, Luke Schoonmaker, are the three interviews that we're going to throw to. And Matt, let's start uh, with Travis Hodges Tomlinson. Um, as a player, uh, there's going to be a, a comparison to a former Chiefs player that's just very lazy and easy to make. Uh, I won't go there quite yet with you, but um, what stands out to you about Travis Hodges Tomlinson, the TCU corner? Yeah, well, he comes from TCU on that last name, Tomlinson carries some weight in, uh, in that area. So obviously he's the nephew of the great Ladanian Tomlinson, so there's a nice connection there. But I think what does stand out, BJ, is somebody who plays much bigger than his size. He's 5'8", 178 pounds. Uh, do you guys remember Legereus Sneed's teammate at uh, La Tech? It was uh, Amik Robertson. He was kind of a sawed-off corner, but he played like Mighty Mouse. You know, he just played pissed off, and that's kind of what Travius is. Uh, he just he's very very athletic. He ran a four four one. He's got a damn near forty inch vert, and he plays big. I mean, he's constantly in your face. You know, he's just nagging wide receivers. Uh, he's he's good in man coverage. He's got short area quickness. He's got good burst. So. Size is the limitation, but the play is fantastic. I mean, he absolutely erased Big 12 receivers. And very, very rarely did anyone like have a you know a great game on him. Um, and he was thrown out a lot because he's a small guy. And so it was like yeah. offensive coordinator said, Oh, we're gonna pick on him. They should not have done that. Now, the downside is you can't overcome your size sometimes. And he is handsy, dude. He he was flagged a ton last year. So he's got some stuff he's got to clean up. I would put boxing gloves on him, you know, in rookie camp and tell we're gonna we're gonna learn to cover like this without being able to grab people. <laughs> but he is just a fun player to watch. I think if you made a list of here are my eleven guys on defense who are fun to watch, he would he would absolutely make that team. 
He's listed at 5'8", 178. And you look at some of the numbers. I mean, he, according to Pro Football Focus, allowed just 34.6% completion rate when targeted uh, and 41 passes defense in his four years at TCU, including 18 passes defense last season. And the player that I think a lot of Chiefs fans would remember when you talk about a short nickel, short corner, Mark McMillan. Uh, so the Mighty Mouse is what he was called, a uh, player that stands out when you talk about a smaller player. But I love the Amik Robertson uh, comparison. He's definitely one of those players that you can just tell his teammates and the, the energy that he brings. And I said we had a chance yeah. to, to talk with him at the East-West Shrine Bowl. And so let's go to that interview right now. This one was from a few weeks ago, but uh, here's us sit, sitting down with TCU cornerback Travius Hodges Tomlinson. So Trey, thanks for spending some time with us. We appreciate it. I just I want to start. How how'd you get into football and what does football mean to you? I feel like I was born to play this sport. Uh whenever I was very young, it's again I fell in love with it at a very young age. Started playing at five years old. And you know, it wasn't in a bantam scene, you know. So I was playing with the junior squad like 10 and under very early. So uh just growing up around the game, you know, and finding out that it was something that I really wanted to be great at. And then, you know, from then on, you know. I've always wanted to be one of the greatest, so I took it on as that, and you know, I'm on the path to it. Is there somebody you know that you use or that influenced you to the sport of football and kind of like helped guide you that way? Uh, yeah, for sure. You know, as you know, my uncle, Ladanian Tomlinson, yep. uh, he's a Hall of Famer. You know, great. Uh, as I got older, uh, he became someone that put a lot of resources in my life. Uh, started to train me, and you know, put things in front of me to help me become the player I am today. And also, you know, mentoring and making sure that I'm, you know, becoming a professional athlete and then also a man at the end of the day. Would you say that he's the biggest influence on your career? Do you have a coach or somebody like that or a trainer that somebody that took your career up another level even? Uh, yeah, most definitely. He was the biggest influencer. You know, he's he's a family member. Yeah. Uh, and it's always through love, you know, so – and yeah, of course he did put trainers in front of me. You know, like I said, uh, he brought in the resources, you know, so that I could prevail in the sporting position that I'm playing at. Have you always played defensive back or did you start, you know, playing offense, defense? How'd you get to cornerback going through your career? I grew up playing uh, running back, running back. Uh, and then also a little bit on the other side, you know, because, you know, my favorite you know player growing up was Deion Sanders. So I did want to play some defense, you know, and, uh, as I got older, um, uncle kind of filled me out. He seen, you know, what I was very good at, my strengths and all that type of stuff. And uh, we both came to agreement that cornerback would be a primary position that I should look forward to, uh, knowing that cornerback is, you know, one of the most important, you know, positions in the NFL in today's game. So, man, I wanted to be, you know, playing a position what is the most important on the team, you know. So, man, uh, when it came about, you know, it was all about becoming a great cornerback. Is there uh, any players, whether in college, teammates, or in NFL, that you kind of model some of your game after, anything like that? Uh, most definitely. I wouldn't say model, but I pick them, you know, find out, you know, what makes them great in ways, and, you know, how can I add it on into my game, you know, to help me become just as great as a player as them. But, man, I like to watch Tyron Matthews a lot, Tyron Matthews. Uh, I love the way he plays the game. You know how he has always played the game in college and in the NFL, man. Uh, he's one. He's going to be a great. You know, he's done a lot of things. You know, in his his past and as well as you know in today's. Uh, but man, yeah, man, Tyron Matthews, man, he's a dog. His his mentality, uh, you know, and you know his ball skills and everything else that makes him great. You know how he gets after it. 
as a whole. So let's talk about your game prep. You know, starting, you know, beginning of the week, you got an opposing team coming up. What are you studying? What are you trying to look at on film to try and pick up what different receivers and different looks and stuff like that, what they're doing? How do you go through that process during the week? Uh, man, first off, I like to, first off, I'm looking at the team as a whole, finding out what they're doing out of this formation. Every formation, what route combinations are coming out of, out of them, uh, what path the slot is taking, knowing, you know, that it's going to help me when the, once I get my eye on the one receiver to figure out what his route is going to be outside of that. So, just seeing what the team is doing, what they like to do, breaking down, you know, what they're doing on first, second, and third downs, you know, uh, what they're doing on certain things to, you know, get a conversion whenever needed, you know, third and one, you know, third and five, uh, third and 15. That's where it starts out with, you know, starting off with all that. And then, you know, probably midweek or like right before midweek, probably like on a Tuesday, you know, because we play on Saturdays. Mm -hmm. But Sunday and Monday is all about, breaking down the team as a whole first. And then I go into, you know, studying the receiver, you know, what is he doing to get into this type of route? Uh, what release is he taking, you know, to, that's going to give me a, you know, an idea of what route he's going to run, you know? So just being able to do that. And then also uh, putting myself into off man coverage, you know, and seeing how, what type of drops the quarterback is making, you know, whether it's a hop, you know, if he's, you know, looking to the side right away, is he trying to look off and come back? Yeah, man, just seeing the drop so that I can get a great read, you know, on, you know, how deep this route is about to be. Yeah. So let, let's talk about what's going through your mind. You know, you see the offense break the huddle. You're out wide. You know, you see a receiver coming your way. Walk me through, you know, let's say your favorite coverage, what you're executing, what's going through your mind, what you're reading about the receiver, what you're reading about his release. Walk me through that a little bit. Just kind of the whole process from them breaking the huddle to you, you know, executing the snap. Uh, first off, is it all depends on what the call is. Mm -hmm. um, getting the line, you know, because, you know, if it's a defense where I am, you know, where I will have to show up in the run, you know, be the run support on yeah. the edges or whatever it is, then I have to make an adjustment so that I can get down and get in that position. You know, uh, you know, if it is man, depending on where the slot is or how tight they are, uh, or whatever, but it all starts with the formation, man. So just seeing that first and then knowing if I should press it or if I should play off, and then knowing the down and distance, you know, because that also gives me a good feel on, you know, what I've seen on film and what they're about to try to attack me with. So sometimes I go up and press depending on the down and distance. You know, sometimes I play off. It all depends. Is there a specific game just from your career, what this past year or whenever that you felt really dialed in and you knew everything that was going to happen and you just were able to showcase, you know, your best self on the field? Man, honestly, it's just getting the feel of the game, you know, because to be real, you never know how a team is going to attack you, especially when you've had success in the league. They're going to try to find, you know, ways to, you know, change stuff up so that it doesn't make it too easy. But some teams do stick with their game plan and it makes it much more easier. But uh man, honestly, I can't just say which game it was, but it was a lot of games where I did get very, you know, I, I knew what was going on. Uh it's pretty much just, you know, the knowledge that I gained from the staff before, you know, my uh position coach, Jeremy Marcus, man, he taught me how to, you know, be able to uh tell what riders coming off of the slots release, you know, whenever we're I'm looking, you know, I'm reading ball two to one and stuff like that. So just seeing the path of the slot and then sometimes it's one receiver seeing the drop of the quarterback, man. So it'll give me a great feeling depending on where the running back is. It allows me to, 
get a great feel on what routes I'm about to get. Is there a specific play um, in your career that you can just remember every detail of whether it was a play where you felt like you executed the best you could, or maybe you left a little something on the field that you just remember every little detail about? Uh, yeah, uh, I could say a couple of plays, but one of the main plays would be uh, the interception I caught against Texas. The receiver, I knew that he was a, he was a speed guy, and I knew that uh, at some point in the game they were going to attract, you know, try to attack me deep, you know, so. Uh, knowing that I didn't help have any help over the top in that uh, in that similar play, you know he was. I seen his his uh his speed, the speed he was coming at, how he was you know attacking me. You know he was running very fast. You know so I got my read step, seen the drop of the quarterback. You know I began to open up a little bit and uh made sure that I kept my leverage. You know and it it made it harder for him. It made him commit early because you know I was already in a in a running form. You know because I knew that he had speed so. Once he, you know, began to, began to come, I opened up and started running. He was running too, and you know, I was able to locate the ball faster than he was because I was already at a great point in position, you know, on that man. So found the ball, picked it. So get your playing game against your biggest rival, game-winning interception. You make it. Would you rather be at home in front of that TCU crowd and everyone's going crazy, or on the road, the opposing teams that rival fan base has to be completely silent because you just won the game for the the team that they hate the most. Man, I wanna, I wanna, you know, shut the other crowd up, you know, because my crowd is gonna be happy no matter what. Uh, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm always for, you know, leaving the team, you know, hurt, you know, so because, just like any other player on the other team, they want to leave me hurt, so I'm gonna leave them hurt. Yeah, man. So anytime it's beating somebody at their own house, I'm always for it, man, and being able to shut up a crowd that, you know, does a lot of talking. So, you come off the field, you make gameplay like that. You have a really good game. Doesn't really matter, you know, the scenario here. But what do you want to hear the opposing coach say about you? What What do you hear them say at the podium that makes you know that you had a really good game against them? Uh, that was the best defensive back I ever played against, ever seen in the history of my coaching years. Yeah, nice. All right, draft uh, draft process here. Draft night. You're going. Uh, you know, basically this is the night that you're getting drafted. You see the phone light up. What are the emotions going through your head? What, what are you thinking of? Who's there with you? Who are you going to hug? You know, how is that going to be for you? Uh, man, my mom, man, she's, she's been there. She basically, you know, showed me to, you know, how to get to where I want to be, man. Just seeing how she worked, you know, having been a single parent of three. Uh, and, you know, she didn't take any days off. You know, she was always in go mode, you know, work mode, grind mode, trying to provide for her kids, man. And, uh, just seeing that. So, man, just being able to hug my mama and be very grateful for it. But the mama will be, man, now I can start my road to becoming a Hall of Famer. Yeah. You know, never satisfied with, you know, just being drafted, you know, because that's not what it's about. And, man, just, yeah, man, someday going down is a great. It puts me in position to get in that position. So, man, I'm just really excited for the opportunity, and, you know, I'm looking forward to it. Well, Trey, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Good luck the rest of this week. You're listening to KC Sports Network. We'll be right back after this. Kansas City, the NFL Draft is almost here. It's a fantastic time for our city. Make sure you're staying locked into us here at KC Sports Network because we've got the draft covered. Chiefs have 10 picks. We'll see how many they actually use, but there's one selection that every football fan can share, and that's an ice-cold Miller Lite. The players change, the coaches change, the rules change. 
But Miller Lite is still the perfect beer for draft time, game time, and everything in between. Personally, when I want a beer with some flavor, but it's also light and won't make me feel bad, Miller Lite has been a go-to. It's light on calories, not taste. What's the point of drinking beer if you can't taste it? Till kickoff comes around again, enjoy the beer that tastes like the season. Miller Lite, great taste, 96 calories. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com KCSN. Or you can pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere they sell beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. All right, welcome back to the KCSN Draft Show. BJ Kissel hanging out with ESPN's Matt Miller. Just saw the interview with Travis Hodges Tomlinson. Always enjoy going out there and getting a chance to sit down. We get, Matt, 20, 30 minutes one-on-one with these guys uh, out there. So the access for us is just different than anything else that we could do for a chance to to sit down, get these interviews. Hopefully we get lucky again like we did last year with Isaiah Pacheco. Had a chance to sit down and talk with him. Uh, the Chiefs draft one of these guys. Um, I know the Chiefs pretty loaded at corner, especially with young corners, but <laughs> right. uh, we'll see what happens. Right. I, I love the fact you keep doubling up on corners and edge rushers, all those premium value positions. Yeah. But let's let's move on to another corner. Matt, kid out of Louisville, Keetrell Clark, uh, is listed at 5'10", 181. Uh, what do you like about Keetrell Clark and, and his game? Small, like you said, but fast. I mean, he is just twitchy, and, and it shows up. When he's yeah, has to click and close, when he has to attack the ball, it shows up. And, and I think just the overall athletic ability is something I wrote a ton of my notes when I was finalizing them on him. It's just it shows up at everything, you know. Again, close speed, uh, the aggressiveness, playing the ball. So I think he shows that ability to come up. So if even if you're playing zone coverage, he's really comfortable in that. I thought his 2022 tape wasn't his best tape. I thought he was a little bit bigger in 21, but um, you know. Lack of length shows up a time with BJ, but I think the competitiveness is really what you want. So competitive speed. Um, yeah, he's short arm, he's sub 30 inch arms, but I, I love the kind of that aggressive style of play. You've got these two corners tagged here together in this video where both small dudes be like, they're gonna knock your head off if you if you come on their side of the field. So I think you're getting that similar almost like Mike Hilton is like the dream, you know, of like who they could become. Mike yeah. Hilton the slot uh, for the Bengals. I think with Keytrail. He struggled a little bit in the slot this past year. He's more comfortable on the outside, but he had a lot of success on the outside, not being a huge guy. So I think you're 
you're comfortable with that. And, you know, I, we didn't throw out a draft range on Hodges. Thomas said it's yeah. probably the fourth round. I think Keetro Clark is probably the similar range, fourth, maybe fifth round, but by dudes who can be a, a number three corner in the NFL. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to ask you about where you expected these guys to go. But yeah, you look at Keetro Clark's numbers, 51 tackles, four of which were for loss last season. One interception is returned 46 yards for a score, had nine pass breakups. Uh, so again, looking at an early uh, day three on Saturday pick. And if you were Brett Veach, and we've talked, you and I have talked about this before, if the Chiefs can somehow put together another draft like they had last year as far as production <laughs> value players now that doesn't happen very often but you start throwing a word around like dynasty that happens because of what's going the chiefs are going to do over the next two weeks if the chiefs are really going to solidify that dynasty word it's because they have another good draft not that they have to hit like they did last year but bring in another solid group of guys who can play right away in some specific role even if it's as a backup a fourth corner uh fifth corner fifth db special teams player whatever it is they can solidify the roster and get some contributors in here on Saturday because that's where you can really separate yourself from other organizations. You start hitting on those day three picks, you're going to be at a good spot. But uh, let's th- go to that interview that we had a chance to sit down with Keytrail Clark at the East-West Shrine Bowl uh, back in January. Here's that interview. Keytrail, thanks for joining us. We appreciate your time while you're out here. What started you on this path to begin this point in your career? Oh man, that's a good question. It's, it all started when I was a, when I was a little kid. Um, I've been playing football since I was like five years, six years old, man. So uh, started playing flag football, you know, doing rec league, uh, getting the ball at running back and running in the opposite direction. <laughs> yeah, man. So it, it it started all there, man. And you know, I just fell in love with the game. Uh, every year since I was six years old. I've been playing football. There's no year that I've took off uh, and I'm still in love with the game. Uh, it's a beauty because I know a lot of my friends, uh, you know, that I've played since they were little, you know, and they kind of fall out of love with the game a little bit. Uh, but, man, I'm still here. I'm enjoying it and I'm loving it. What is it about football that you just love so much that you just can't imagine not being there? Yeah, man, it's the ultimate team sport, bro. Like, It's just fun, man, just to go out there and compete with your teammates. You know, all the work that you put in behind the scenes, you know, comes to fruition when you get on the field. uh, And, you know, you just manifest greatness and it comes to life. So it's just a beauty. I love it. So do you have an individual in your life to help get you into football that gave you the passion for the sport that you have? Yeah, so I'm I'm pretty sure if y'all heard of the term, you know, it takes a village. Um, It was was a a village surrounded behind me, you know, my mom, my dad. You know, my stepfather, uh, you know, I've, I met people, coaches along the way uh, that just, you know, kept me loving this game uh, and, you know, just letting me know, you know, you have a you have a unique talent um, and they always seen it in me. And, you know, when I seen it within myself, that's when, it, you know, I really started to flourish. So do you have an individual that may be a coach or somebody like that that professionally took your game up another level, somebody that really helped you be the the person that you are on the field today? So I have, so in high school, my sophomore year, I played safety. Uh, never played corner at all. So I didn't, I, I told my coach, like, coach, I'm playing safety. This is what I'm going to do. <laughs> and when I started working out with him for the first time, he was like, dude, you, you're a corner. Like, you're going to play corner when you go to college. I'm going to teach you how to play corner. Uh, his name is Coach Eddie. I still talk to him to this day. Uh, we go over drill work. We go over film work. Uh, my whole time I've been training at Exos, we still been, you know, going over the X and the O's of the game. Um, 
uh, he's been a, a person that I've been able to lean on and just, you know, just understand this game a little bit more just from my position to the whole defense, you know. So uh, he's a person, and, you know, I have a person in my life I call my OG. Uh, and, you know, me and him, we just we just keep talking about ball and life, man. So, yeah. So on the field, you know, you're you're coming up, you're finishing up one game, you know, your next opponent's coming up. You, you guys have your scheduled practices and all that, but what's your process to get ready for that next game? What are yeah. you going through that week? Okay. Um, my process is basically, you know, analyzing the game, uh, viewing my mistakes uh, and the mistakes of the defense or anything I've seen, uh, you know, help correct myself or my teammates. Um, just viewing that film. And then what we call it is we just zip it up, put it in the bag and just throw it. You know what I'm saying? Because we got to prepare for the next week now. Uh, so, you know, that 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 Sunday after the game, you know, we, we went through the practice. We we did that. Um, so now we're we're diving into the next week of the scouting report. So now we're looking at the, the wide receivers that we have, the quarterbacks, you know, what type of scheme they run. And, you know, we just start to gradually just build up until the week, uh, you know, I mean, until the actual day before the game. And, you know what I'm saying, it's time to go. So for me, man, it's just most definitely just making sure I'm erasing whatever happened in that game that was negative, but also remembering it, you know, so I don't make those same mistakes and just continue to just prepare. So when you're, when you're watching film, what are you, what are you specifically looking for as you're kind of leading up to that game? What's your thought process as you're going through the film? Um, As I'm going through the film, just, just seeing what the offense likes to do, um, seeing if they're a run heavy team uh, or a pass heavy team, because this year, you know, I played a lot of nickel. Uh, so I had to make sure that, you know, based on the game plan, sometimes my my coach, he would be like, OK, they are a lot of 11 personnel team. So we're going to put you in a nickel this game because they like to you know kind of air it out. And sometimes they may make some runs in or, or they may have a gadget guy and I want you to follow. Him. Uh, so, you know, that'll be my process when it, when it comes to that. Um, and then, you know, just just looking at the top wide receivers that game, uh, making sure that I'm studying any little keys that they may give me uh, for that game. And, you know, just looking at the quarterback, the O-line, and, you know, just the whole nine. So what's your favorite coverage to run? Either um, nickel or boundary. What's your favorite coverage <laughs> to run? Hey, my, put put me in, man, bro. It's just, you know what I'm saying? Put me in, man. Uh, cover one is cool with me. Yeah. Like, I just, I just want to be able to cover. Sometimes being in zone, you know, I got to drop to a landmark and then guys find little holes in the defense and I hate it. So throw me a man. Okay. So you're in man coverage. You see a receiver break the huddle. You know who you've got in man coverage. Walk me through what you're thinking. Walk me through what you're reading at the line of scrimmage for him. You know, walk me through what you okay. have to do from the huddle breaking to all the way through the execution of the snap. Okay. Um, from the huddle breaking, we looking at down and distance. Uh, we got to see what what down what down it is. Uh, and based on the game plan of studying the film, we'll know. Okay, is it third down? Is it second down? Because the whole play calling may change based on what they've used to run. Uh, so you know, if it's third down, I'm we breaking the huddle. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the wide receiver and say I'm in some type of man coverage or I'm in a nickel or the slot. I look how that wide receiver, you know, comes to the line. Is he coming out? Is he coming up to the line? You know, antsy, touching his gloves up a little bit. Okay, the ball might be coming to him. He he might be a little bit more, you know, tensed up than he usually is before he gets in. You know, if rather than if he's not getting the ball. Um, you know, I watch the splits to the wide receivers. Okay, and and that's based on game plan. Is is it a tight split? Is it a wide split? Um, is he midpointing? Like, just what what it is, and you know, that's that's kind of what I go through in my head. Would you rather make a pass breakup or a tackle for a loss and say a wide receiver screen or fit in the run or something like that? 
I love Tiger for losses. I don't know if y'all watch my game. Yeah, man, I, I love making the big play. Uh, you know, of course the PBU is is fine, but I would love to put a defense behind the sticks. You know, because if it's if it's uh if it's second down and seven, and I get a PBU, it's gonna be third and seven. You know, but if I make a big play and I and I break a screen up, you know, it can go from third and seven to third and 11, 12, you know, so and and the crowd go crazy, you know. So I, I just love, love making those tackle flaws. So after that tackle, are you talking a little bit of smack as you, you know, getting up off the field? Of course. Are we talking to the guy that couldn't block you or the guy you tackled? Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Not everybody, bro. I'm just getting up and I'm just I'm just enjoying the moment, bro. <laughs> do you start the trash talk or do you respond to other people? Um, I don't initiate it. I don't initiate it. We come out and, you know, we play our game. And if you want to get a little dirty or you want to start talking, uh, then that's when I, that's when I'll start talking back and you're not going to like it when I start talking because I'm not going to stop. So you make a game winning play. We'll say interception, game winning interception game was on the line. You're playing your biggest rival. You're do you, would you rather be at home home crowds going crazy and celebrating going wild on the road? Rival fan bases has to go completely silent because you just won the game for the opponent. Okay, so so earlier I was asked the same question, um, but I was able to take some thought into it. I would rather be away in a rival stadium just to see the look on their faces. <laughs> yeah, so 2021, uh, we were playing Florida State, um, and, you know, they got me on the drive, you know, with a couple PIs, uh, and then, you know, they tried me like three times on that drive. So the third time they tried me, you know, it was towards the end of the game. If they would have scored, they, they would have been back in the game. You know, and I and I caught the interception and the whole crowd. I, I go back and look at the video. You see everybody would just look so disappointed, man. And I was like, it was a good. Yeah, what's going through your mind when that happens? Man, it was just like, OK, y'all thought I was one of them. I'm not one of them. OK, so stop trying me. So <laughs> that's how I felt. What do you want to hear an opposing coach say about you? They they come to the post-game press conference, they're standing on the podium, they get asked about you. What do you want to hear from them that knows you had a good game? Um, I want them to I want them to know that I'm just like a a jackrabbit just everywhere, uh just flying around the field, um, chasing the ball, uh, and just being relentless. Uh a lot of guys, you know, that say I'm undersized, but you know, I'm aggressive and I, you know, I play, I play fast. Uh, and I just want them to understand that, look, I'm going to play fast. I don't care if I'm going against somebody that's six, seven or five, eight. Yeah. So let's look forward a little bit. We get to the end of this long draft process and you get that phone call and you know, your name yeah. selected by X team. What, what are the emotions that are going to be going through you when you finally get to that point? Man, I tell myself I'm not going to cry, but then I cry thinking about it, thinking about it. So, man, I feel like it's gonna be it's gonna be an emotional moment, um, because this next few months of my life is I have a lot, you know, that's going on. Uh, man, I still haven't graduated college yet, you know. So I graduate, you know, right after the draft. So that's a monument moment in my life too, you know. I'm I have a child on the way, you know what I'm saying, and that's gonna happen right after the draft. Another monument moment. So it's just like everything is just just stacking up. And it's just, you know, it's just beautiful. So I'll probably just, I'll probably cry, bro. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> Congrats on all that. Who, who's gonna be there with you? We know when that's happening at your, dra you know, your draft party or whatever it is, who's gonna be there with you? And who are you hugging first? Um, So I'm gonna I'm a be in Richmond, Virginia. Uh, and, and man, I'm gonna bring out all the people that supported me, you know, bring my family, bring my friends. Uh, first person I'm hugging is my mother. Um, got to, 
you know, because she sacrificed a lot for me to even be right here in this position. Um, so I got to give glory and thanks to her. Awesome. Thank you so much for the time. We appreciate it. And good luck the rest of this week. Yes, sir. You're listening to KC Sports Network. We'll be right back after this. With Kansas City on full display for the NFL Draft, what better way to celebrate our hometown than by supporting a charity that helps kids with special needs in our own backyard? Children's Center for the Visually Impaired will host the CCVI Trolley Run Sunday, April 30th to change the lives of students who are blind or have low vision. Now in its 35th year, the CCVI Trolley Run is a four-mile race that finishes on the Country Club Plaza the Sunday after the NFL Draft. This fundraiser is open to everyone and no athletic ability is required. Enjoy free beer after the race and snacks from local restaurants. We promise the KC community will be on full display. Visit trolleyrun.org and use code KCSN to get a few extra bucks off your registration. That's trolleyrun.org. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, welcome back to the KCSN Draft Show presented by our friends at Miller Lite. Hanging out with ESPN's Matt Miller, getting his thoughts on a few of the players we had a chance to sit down and talk with out at the East-West Shrine Bowl. We've gone through Travius Hodges Tomlinson. We talked about Keytrell Clark, both feisty, physical smaller sized cornerbacks yeah um, a position that the chiefs cornerback just one of those positions they're going to draft somebody every year just by the nature of the position how many guys as you should yeah the next position is one that definitely has been at the forefront of chiefs fans minds i believe this offseason and that is tight end uh obviously chiefs have the greatest tight end to ever play right now in travis kelsey uh we have said on casey sports network i'm pretty sure on all the shows the value that it brings, not just to bring in the next guy and get him ready uh, for whenever Travis Kelsey does decide to walk away and go and have a bigger career and a bigger brand that he's created for himself, uh, whether it's acting or whatever he wants to do with his podcast, like he's going to be good at whatever. Hopefully he still plays for a long time. But having a young player come in and have a chance to spend even a couple of years around Travis Kelsey and how he go about goes about his business is going to be a huge thing for the future of Patrick Mahomes' tight end weapon in six years uh, from right now. So Luke Schoonmaker, the tight end out of Michigan, Matt, for all the tight ends that we've been talking about, and a lot of them have been guys at the top, Michael Mayer, Dalton Kincaid, yeah. and a lot of players like that. Where does Luke Schoonmaker kind of fit into this entire tight end class, which I think even you yourself have said is a pretty deep one this year? Yeah, it is the best tight end class I've evaluated. I've been doing this since 2000 and. 12 god that's a long time since 2012 <laughs> for or 11 god 2011 anyway um you're old man long time so uh, i am uh you're gonna love this he's actually my number 69 overall player on my board i gave him a late second early third round grade uh, i think a, a versatile like combo style tight end he can do everything really well you know he's a very good receiver very good blocker both in line and on the move he can play you know all over he can be he can be next to the right tackle he can be you know in a slot position he can be in an h-back spot um he just 
he does all the little things right. And I'm surprised that he's not getting a little more love because you're right. It's Michael Mayer, Dalton Kincaid, Darnell Washington, yeah. Sam Laporta. They're getting a lot of the talk. Yeah. But Schoonmaker could be a starter in the NFL. And I think the beautiful thing for the Chiefs is there are some things he needs to work on. So coming in and immediately being a tight end too really suits him very well. And I think that's what adds to the value of this pick. And the crazy thing could be this is, as we were just talking about, the deepest tight end class in a really long time. Because of that, teams might wait on tight ends. So the possibility of getting a Luke Schoonmaker at the bottom of the third round, I would say is pretty realistic just because teams might wait. You might look at the tight end class and say, gosh, there's like eight or nine with potential starter grades. We're going to wait a little bit. And I think that that really benefits Kansas City. So I, again, he's got all the all the traits. Got to get a little bit stronger. And it's almost the opposite of the two corners we talked about. I'd like to see him be a little more aggressive, like playing the ball. But uh, this was a big get for the Shrine game because Schoonmaker will start in the NFL. I mean, he's a stud who is like a, you know, Dawson Knox type tight end um, who's just can be such a really good impact. Not, you know, he's not going to be Travis Kelsey. He's not going to be George Kittle, but he could be a really good starting tight end. Yeah, I you talk about the different tight ends and I was looking at the Chiefs roster. Obviously Travis Kelsey, they've got Noah Gray coming back. Blake Bell was re-signed and Jody Fortson is also going to be back. So I, we talk about it every year. I love how the roster is set up and that you have those guys that have been on the roster for the last couple of years. I've been saying or expected the Chiefs to draft the tight end every year. It seems like for the last three or four years. And I know they brought in Noah Gray, uh, but with those guys yeah. you have in that room, it's not going to stop them necessarily from getting a player that they really like. But if they wanted to, they could not take a tight end in this draft and still be okay with the guys they have on the roster. Now you talk about value and pockets yeah. and where you take a guy. Having a fifth tight end come in and compete for the two or three spots that you have uh, is an extremely valuable thing. But you don't want to pigeonhole yourself going into the draft where you have to take a guy to fill out a roster spot. The Chiefs are in a very yeah. good spot when it comes to tight end with those dudes that I just mentioned. Obviously learning from Travis Kelsey, who just continues to play at levels that um, aren't aren't normal, obviously, for tight ends. Seven, right. eight, seven straight thousand-yard <laughs> seasons, and nobody had ever done it three straight years. I remember covering that back when it happened, and I asked Travis about it, and thinking he'd, he'd be like, oh, that's cool, and he was just like, whatever. It's just, I don't care. Uh, not right. what he was. I would say, BJ, before you talk, before we throw to Luke, I will say, I, I'm sure this has happened, and I hope it has happened. At almost 34 years old, I think it's really important that Travis communicate with the Chiefs how much longer he wants to play and obviously that can't, things change but I think it would be good for him to say like hey I got three more years in me or I've got two or yeah. I want to play top 35 whatever that is uh and I think there could be a tell in this draft how early do they go tight end is it pick 31 yeah. is it round two is it yeah, 10 picks you could wait a while um so I that's something that you know the kind of subplots to the draft that I'll be watching to see okay how early do they feel this is a need because as you laid out perfectly it is something that you should be thinking about to get the next guy in there so that it's not where you're backed into a corner because we've seen the importance of having that middle-of-the-field target. I saw this put out on Twitter, and I apologize. I can't cite where I saw it, um, so shout-out to whoever put this out there. But the idea that Jason Kelsey came back for, it seems like, one more year, signed a one-year deal with a huge ex- – there's a lot of money, but signed that one-year deal of do they do he and his brother want to retire in the same after the same season? And if Jason just signed a one-year deal – would they maybe want to go into the Hall of Fame together if Jason can earn? I mean, no, Travis is going into the, the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It's not a discussion necessarily right now because yeah. Jason will make it, but 
the thought that they retire the same year. Obviously, their podcast, one of the best podcasts out there. Um, it and pardon my take are like the two top podcasts in the world uh, the second that it launched, which is pretty impressive. Not surprising uh, with those two personalities, how well it's doing. But uh, but anyway, let's get to that interview with Michigan tight end Luke Schoonmaker from out the East-West Shrine Bowl uh, from just a few weeks ago. Check it out. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for giving us some time uh, while you're out here. So I just kind of want to start with who, you know, what does football mean to you? What does football meant to you throughout your life? And as you're kind of growing older and going through all this process. Yeah. Um, always grew up loving the sport. Um, and I, I love competition. Uh, I've been playing sports my whole life. So been around it. And um, I think just what led to me playing it is just the um, aspect of team and, and just uh a bunch of selfless guys coming together and, and playing together. And um, I give credit to my brother, too, who is a Marine. So I've kind of fascinated myself with the military aspect and um, just the selflessness that those guys bring, too. So I'm all about it and uh, just doing everything I can to help a team to win at the end of the day. You said you grew up playing sports. Were you almost always football? Did you have a first sport before that? Like, how did that go for you? Yeah, so my dad played basketball um, a little bit professionally in Brazil. Uh, so I thought basketball was going to be it <laughs> at first. Uh, and then I was playing baseball for a little bit, too. So I was thinking, uh, you know, one of those were going to be it. And then football ended up being the being the one. So um, I enjoyed all three of them, but that's uh, that's how it played out. Obviously, you got a passion for the game and all that. You're very close with your family. Would you say that they've instilled, you know, your passion for sports, competitive nature, and, you know, trying to be your best? Yeah, I think my parents, uh, yeah, both were sports players and um, just really instilled that in all of us since uh, from the get-go. So just being around it and, um, you know, challenging each and every one of us to – uh, go out there and, and give it our best no matter what and um, yeah compete and uh, work for everything has, has been <laughs> stuff I've learned my whole life and continue to do so when you're stepping on the football field like what's your what's your goal what do you what do you want to accomplish every time you go out there on the football field and the game gets ready to start yeah I think like being consistent um, you know having as many little errors as I can uh and then being productive too, being reliable, um, picking up my teammates when adversity hits, stuff like that, that uh, keeps the team going in, in hard times and um, winning at the end of the game, obviously, right? <laughs> so you come off the field, maybe the opposition coach, you know, is an oppressor or something like that. He's asked about you. What, what sorts of things do you want to hear about yourself from an opposition? Um, I think just, you know, a... a really gritty style of play, a uh, hard worker and um yeah, someone that teams have to, you know, really prepare for and and think about um but yeah, just someone that is really going to play to the whistle every play and 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 bring it every game. Is there a game that you can think of that if you were to tell somebody to go watch this one specific game that showcases you in your best like you at your best, which game would that be? Yeah, I think about uh Maybe Maryland this game or um, this season. Just uh, I think I, I had a my career day that game, so uh, was happy with that one. And then just a few others. I think there was a, a cluster of them that I just was really playing pretty well and, and playing on a good level and um, just trusting in my teammates and making a play with the ball when it's thrown to me. So 
What do you want to show NFL teams that maybe people don't know about your game that you want to prove to them, hey, this is what I'm good at, maybe you know, throughout the draft process or in meetings, whatever it may be? Yeah. Um, I think just being a, being a dynamic uh, playmaker when I have the ball in my hands and, and extending plays, being able to break tackles um, is something that I'm going to continue to work on and, um, yeah, just make it really fun and exciting and reliable, like I said, and, uh, yeah, blue collar, just doing whatever I need to do. Is there a specific play throughout your career that you just, like, remember it's ingrained in your memory, good or bad, that maybe didn't go the way you want it to that you just will always remember? Um, I think plays like – Plays that had uh, me running some sort of a cross the field route, route that um, I was just able to use my speed and, and yeah. get open with and uh, run real fast. I always love having yeah. those plays called. So, and then uh, run game, I always love the pin and pull, being able to uh, pin a D end in or, <laughs> or hold my ground or something like that, or even even the inserts too, which is a a tough job uh, for anybody to do is to run downhill at a <laughs> linebacker coming full steam at you. Uh, is asking for a lot, but it, it's uh, something I've enjoyed doing and, and look to yeah. continue doing it. You've mentioned it a few times just in a couple of things. You mentioned like your ability to create and run kind of after the catch or just your athleticism. Like, is that something you work on as being elusive with the ball in your hands and stuff like that? Or like, how's that, you know, why is that a big, important part of your game? Yeah, I think it's something that uh, I need to continue to uh, work on and improve. Uh, just, you know, having confidence when I, when I do have the ball in my hands and, um, you know, knowing that I can be a playmaker and that I am one. And, um, yeah, just extending plays and, and making that another part of my game. Do you have a specific player that you like to model your game after? George Kittle. George <laughs> Kittle, yeah. That's my guy. Yeah. yeah. And what do you like most about him? What do you try and model yourself most after him? I think he uh, – just both aspects of the tight end position, uh, the run blocking and the route running, he just, like, puts teach tape on every yeah. week. So it's uh, – it's really fun to, to go on and look at him and, and watch his tape. And uh, actually something that I would do pregame a couple times um, would watch his mic'd up videos because yeah. he's a character out on the field too. So uh, that would always get me fired up and just kind of um, think for, for me to just play loose and, and, and have fun out there. So are you giving the teammates some you know, WWE type intros, getting everybody hyped up there in the huddle on the sideline beforehand too? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm a big uh, UFC watcher, okay. so... Yeah, there's plenty of that, <laughs> yeah. definitely. Um, so, okay, let's put, put yourself in a situation here. You catch a game-winning touchdown. You guys just won the game, big game. Would you rather be at home celebrating with all your fans or would you rather be in your biggest rival stadium and the whole stadium has to go silent as you guys just won? Oh, I, I got to say home. Okay. Home stadium. Uh, <laughs> hearing everybody go crazy. I mean, there's the, I, I don't think there's anything better than that, so that that'd be my answer. Fast forward, we go through this whole draft process. It's been a yeah. lot. You know, you guys been work, you've been working really hard for this. This is what you're trying to get to. You get that phone call, and there, you know, it's you answer it. You're getting drafted. You're getting picked. It just what, what's your emotions going to be like? Where are you going to be at? Who's going to be around? And what do you think you're going to be feeling in that moment? Yeah, uh, whole family will be there, um, and just everyone that has meant so much to me and has pushed me uh, to get to this point. Um, and it would really just it would mean everything. And honestly, just uh, a moment to really almost give back to everybody uh, that has gotten me to that point. Um, it would really just, just mean so much to 
so many people, uh, as it would myself, of course, but I, I just would think about all those people, my parents, um, my siblings, and, and everybody around me that uh, has really prayed for me so much and, and put their blood, sweat, and tears into making sure I'm, I'm at my best. Who are you hugging first? My mom. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, Luke, thank you so much for spending some time with us. We appreciate it, and thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Welcome back to the KCSN Draft Show. That was Michigan tight end Luke Schoonmaker. Matt, of these three players, between Tra- Travius Hodges Tomlinson, Keetro Clark, Luke Schoonmaker, which one do you expect to be the best pro, have the best career? I'll put you on the spot a little bit. Oh, man. That's tough. I'm going to take Schoonmaker. I, I think based on where I have these guys graded, um, he would he would certainly be the highest graded. But, man, like I said, these are three players I'm actually excited about. I like all three. I think the corners are both feisty, which you love. If, if Hodges Tomlinson, excuse me, can clean up some of the penalties, I think mean, he could be a fantastic nickel. I mean, I, I throw out names like Mike Hilton, and I think he could be at that level. So I'll take Schoonmaker, but I'm I'm betting on all three of these guys being really good pros. You know, they can have nice, you know, five, six, seven year careers, maybe even a little bit longer. All right, good stuff, Matts. Where can people find your stuff? What do you got working on? I know it's it's crunch time for you, but uh, what do you got coming up that you can tease here a little bit for the people? Oh my gosh, BJ, so much content. <laughs> uh, we've got uh, a big NFL draft like notebook coming out with kind of the latest rumors, news, info. Uh, early next week, it might be Monday, uh, my seven round mock drafts will drop. So you get that. And then Thursday morning of the draft, uh, Mel and Todd will do their final mock drafts on ESPN.com. And I'll put out kind of my latest uh, rumors, news, kind of what we're hearing. A way to tweak that mock draft that gets handed in a little early. You know, that you can come out Thursday and be like, well, if I could redo some things, I would redo this. So there's so much content, man. We're, we're doing a lot of ESPN Plus specials. So uh, you can hop on your your phone or, or computer and watch those. So it's there's unlimited draft content out there on ESPN.com for the folks who want it. All right, we appreciate you, man. Appreciate everybody for listening. Made it, make sure to hit that that follow, subscribe. Make sure you download our brand new app. We just announced it yesterday, so you can go on the App Store, you can go on the Google Play and search KC Sports Network. It's a free app. Won't ask for any information. It's just a way to funnel all of our Chiefs and Royals and KU, K State, Mizzou, Sporting, KC Current, all the different teams that we cover, all the different content that we do. You can find it all in one nice little organized place. So make sure to go download our app. We appreciate all you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.